0: Hello and welcome to The Download. I'm your host, Dave Richardson, and as always, I'm pleased to be joined uh, anytime we can get uh, Sarah uh, Riapel, Vice President at RBC Global Asset Management, and and for for lack of a better description, Sarah is responsible for uh, the various portfolios uh, and portfolio weightings at RBC Global Asset Management, and Sarah, uh, you announced yesterday a shift in your tactical asset mix. We were talking to you earlier about a strategic asset allocation uh, change that you'd, you'd made through the summer. Uh, but this is a tactical move. So a smaller move, short term. Uh, what move did you make? And what was the thinking behind the move you're making at this time? That's right. Well, the tactical
1: asset mix is sort of reflects our shorter term view of the markets. And so the change that we made was to boost our equity allocation and we sourced that from uh, fixed income. And So, you know, what are some of the reasons behind that? Well, we expect the economy to continue to rebound as lockdowns ease and as the threat of the virus diminishes throughout the world. Although growth will likely slow from the initial stage that we saw as the recovery began, we think that a gradual improvement in economic activity should be supportive of further corporate profit growth, which is supportive of equities. You know, there are a number of risks that could challenge our base case. Some of these include um, renewed virus outbreaks, U.S.-China trade tensions, and uncertainty around the upcoming U.S. presidential election. So obviously, things that that, that we need to watch closely. But against that backdrop, we're seeing monetary policy will likely remain highly accommodative via ultra low interest rates to support the economy and financial markets. And with that backdrop, we expect sovereign bonds to deliver mid single digit to slightly negative total returns uh, in in that type of environment. And at these low levels of yield, sovereign bonds offer less of a cushion and a balanced portfolio against a deterioration in the outlook if we do see some of those risks come about. So as a result, we're lowering our bond weight further to, to reflect this sort of know, low total return expectations for fixed income. Um, On the flip side, talking about equities, the strong rally in global equities that began in March has extended through the summer. A number of markets have now completely erased their prior losses, which is is good news. With the S&P 500 is now decidedly above uh, our measure of fair value. So therefore, we have to reduce our forward return potential. Most markets outside the U.S., though, remain attractively valued according to our models. And so in the aggregate, global equities we we think are reasonably valued. Profits are down significantly due to the pandemic, but the loss of earnings will not have a lasting impact on markets because we think that earnings can can rebound quickly. And analysts actually expect profits to reclaim their pre-COVID levels sometime during 2021. So, you know, while we recognize that we do have elevated valuations and optimistic investor sentiment, that does leave the equity market vulnerable to a correction in the near term. But we were focusing on the longer term, and we believe that longer term stocks offer superior return potential versus bonds. And as a result, we added to our equity weight um, at the expense of of the fixed income weight. So for a balanced investor, we're sitting at about 62% equities relative to that strategic neutral position of 60%. Um, and thirty seven percent fixed income with the balance in cash
0: and and so given given your uh, your your current strategic asset allocation, as you mentioned, uh, balanced at sixty percent, moving from sixty one to sixty two in terms of equities, you're still pretty close to what you would describe as your neutral weighting in a balanced portfolio. this is not a you, you you're not way out there in terms of an overweight with equities from your perspective.
1: That's correct. So we're we're maintaining a small overweight in equities relative to the neutral because of our belief that that stocks will outperform bonds over the time horizon, but we do not have any, you know, large scale bets on, on on equities at this time given that that valuation risk that I mentioned.
0: And you're you're not you're not overly concerned about making this call uh, heading into that u.s election in the in the last two months uh b- b- before that uh, before that ultimate decision by u.s voters is made
1: yeah we're certainly probably going to see increased volatility in markets over the next um couple of months as we head into to the u.s election but we're very focused on long-term prospects for stocks and profits and valuations and and that's what that asset mix is based on so expect uh, near-term volatility but are, are positive on the long-term prospects
0: and, and again, you've always got to keep it in the context of what is your your, your sort of benchmark weighting, uh, your neutral weighting in a in a balanced portfolio at sixty going to sixty two, n- not a big stretch. But again, reflective of uh, the longer term view that uh, that their equities are, are are preferred to to fixed income. That's great. Well, Sarah, thanks uh, thanks for uh, for explaining that uh, that decision. They're always important decisions, and we uh, we love to share them with investors to. Uh, to help frame the decisions they're making in their own portfolio, and uh, no one does it better than you. So, uh, so thank you for uh, thank you for your time. My pleasure, as always.